0: Well, happy Easter, everybody. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Well done. Way to go. You know, if you take away Easter, Christianity isn't Christianity. I love how this guy put it. He said, take away Easter, and Karl Marx was probably right to accuse Christianity of ignoring problems of the material world. You take it away, and Freud was probably right to say Christianity is wish fulfillment. You take Easter away, and Nietzsche was probably right. Say that uh, Christianity's for wimps. As we've been preparing for this milestone moment in the history of the world, what we've been doing for the last six weeks or so is reflecting on the word yes. And if you're taking notes, I invite you to write this down. Yes is a really small word that can have a really big impact. So here's what we're going to do today. Today, this Easter Sunday, we're going to spend most of our time looking at what happened When Jesus said yes, we're going to spend a little bit of time drawing inspiration from Rosa Parks, Harry Styles, and uh, Josue Lopez, and then I'm going to have a question for you. So let's dive in. And uh, if you're taking notes, I invite you to write this down too. He said yes, and look what happened. Let's start with Jesus. He's the he that we're talking about right now. Let's take a look at what happened when Jesus remained faithful even unto death. If you have a Bible with you, I'm going to invite you to open with me to Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. And if you don't have a Bible at home, you could go right now to Bible.com. They have an outstanding free Bible app that we'd encourage you to, to take a look at. All right, so here's what we're doing. We're going to join the story not on Sunday. We're actually going to pick up on the last part of Friday. We're going to take a look because I want to show you what happened when Jesus remained faithful to the end. So we're looking at the part of the story right here where Jesus is now on the cross. He's almost ready to take his last breath. And let's take look at what happens. All right, so Matthew 27, 45. This is happening on what we call Good Friday. Again, Jesus is on the cross. Uh, we just need to find it. Here he is. All right, so now from the sixth hour, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. All right, according to the Bible, when Jesus said yes to the cross, darkness covered the land. It says it covered the land from the 6th from the to the 9th hour. That, that means from about noon till 3. Now, this was no ordinary darkness. There are those who say this darkness can be explained. It was an eclipse. But the problem with that thesis there is that it happened during Passover. And during Passover, there's a full moon. And evidently, solar eclipses can't happen when there's a full moon. So this darkness appears to be more than something easy to explain. It appears to be a sign, and that's consistent with the Scripture. In the Bible, get this, darkness is an evocative word. Darkness was one of the plagues of Egypt. Darkness symbolizes God's judgment, and darkness is associated with the arrival of this thing that was called the Day of the Lord. And when did the specific period of darkness end? It said it ended at the ninth hour. Get this. You know what was happening at the ninth hour? The ninth hour is when the sacrifice was being made. The sacrifice was being made. So when Jesus said yes, it was as if the heavens themselves were testifying to what was happening. All right, let's continue reading. Let's go verses 51 through 53. It says this. Behold, The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When Jesus took his last breath, it said the earth shook. Now, that wouldn't have been completely surprising to those people if the ground was shaking a little bit because there's a fault line that goes through that region. But this was no ordinary earthquake. When Jesus said yes, it was as if the earth itself was testifying that something just happened, something significantly. It says the earth was shaking violently beneath their feet, and as that happened, Matthew says the curtain in the temple was torn in two a really big deal. Really big deal. This curtain was no ordinary curtain. This curtain was massive. This was a 60-foot high curtain. This was a 30-foot wide curtain. This curtain was as thick as a hand, a hand, the width of a hand. And get this, the purpose of this curtain was to separate ordinary people like you and me from what was called the Holy of Holies. It was almost as if there was something that was happening was saying that separation's been torn. This was a space that was so holy that only the high priest could go in, and only once a year, and to go in there to do a very specific thing. You know what that very specific thing was? To atone for the sins of the people. Does any of this sound like what was happening on the cross? When Jesus said yes, it was as if the temple itself was testifying to what happened. And perhaps this is why I'd never made this connection before. Uh, one of the sources I was looking at said this. In the book of Acts, it says that the priests, many priests, a few days after this event, started coming to, uh, to Jesus. You think this had anything to do with it, watching a temple curtain getting torn apart? All right, so if all this isn't enough, Matthew testifies to tombs opening up. Tombs opening up. When Jesus said yes, it was as if newly empty graves were testifying that death was being robbed of victory and death was being robbed of its sting. All right, let's go back to our text. Verse 54 says this. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and they said what? They said, truly, this is the Son of God. One of my sources, actually a number of my sources, they highlighted the significance of this, that the centurion was the one saying this. Here's here's one example. We see a centurion standing guard at the foot of the cross, giving voice to the confession of faith that millions more would make in shock surprise at the sudden revelation of God's truth where one would least expect it, or where one would least expect it. Here's another quote. I love this one. It speaks to the profound irony of this, of the centurion saying this. Look at this. Jesus was the very one that they had said in mockery that he was. So true. When Jesus said yes, unexpected voices testified to what had just happened. Good Friday wasn't just another Friday. It wasn't just another Friday. I love how one scholar put it. He put it like this. He said, It was as if the world itself, the physical, natural world, was the first to respond. The end of Jesus is the end of the world in miniature. Isn't that well said? Read the book of Revelation and see if that doesn't uh, ring true with what what these connections he's making. So... This event was significant. It shook people up. We've got Roman centurions testifying. A little while later, we have these priests that are testifying. We have the heavens testifying. We have the earth testifying. Words spread about what happened in Jerusalem that day to the surrounding regions. This is interesting. As a former skeptic, I find this very interesting. There are ancient historians from that region who confirm what the Bible says about the darkness and about the rock-splitting, earth-shaking in that time, in that place of Jesus' death interesting. When Jesus said yes to taking up his cross, laying down his life, the heavens and earth testified this wasn't just another death. All right, and that's just Friday. That's just Friday. Let's take a look at Sunday. If you have your Bibles with you, let's go to Matthew 28, verses 1 and 2. Here it is, resurrection account. So after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene And the other Mary, they went to the tomb. And behold, there was a what? Great earthquake. Another earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. On Sunday, another earthquake. Here's what one commentator said about that. The earth, which trembled with sorrow at the death of Christ, now leapt for joy at his resurrection. You almost feel like a difference, feel the difference of a, an earthquake where it's mourning and anguish and one that's like, like, almost like a leapt for joy. That's beautiful imagery. The earth trembled again. And this time there was an angel. And that angel delivered good news to women. Now, in our day and age and in our culture, we can just read right past that. Why wouldn't he? In that time and in that place, that was shocking. Women in that time and that place often weren't even considered able to stand trial as a witness. And here, God in his sovereignty has them being the first witnesses to the resurrection. The whole world was getting turned upside down in a weekend. Let's continue to read verses three through six. The appearance of the angel was like lightning. His clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has what? He has risen, and he has, just as he said, come, see the place where he lay. All right, now let's go fast forward to the end of Matthew. Here is how the gospel of Matthew ends with these verses, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always. With you always. To the end of the age. As we come to the final chapter in Matthew's gospel, we see the fulfillment of things that he said way back, or at least was said about him, way back in Matthew chapter one, when an angel brought a message a young man named Joseph, and he said, your son is going to, quote, save his people from their sins. Chapter 1, what had just happened? Jesus had saved people from their sins. In that same chapter, same chapter, chapter 1, Jesus connects the birth of Jesus, or Matthew connects the birth of Jesus to an ancient prophecy, a prophecy that says he will be known as Emmanuel. Which means what? God with us. So chapter one, this child is going to be known as God with us. How does it end? Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. With you. Always. Until the end of the age. Jesus said yes. Jesus said yes to a life full devotion, even unto death. And look what happened. The heavens grew dark. The earth shook. The curtain in the temple was torn in two. Roman soldiers testified. An angel testified. Women testified. The empty tomb testified. Prophecy was fulfilled. Our sins were forgiven. He promised to be with us always. And, and, end. A movement was launched. Movement was launched. I invite you to take note of this. They said yes. And look what happened. Jesus said, go. And these disciples, they went. They went. In fact, as they went, they became so much like Jesus Christ that people made up a new word for them. They called them Christians. They didn't know what else to call these people. They're so much like Jesus. Let's call them Christians. 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 And these Christians welcomed children. They showed compassion to the poor. They extended rights to women that had been reserved only for men. Servants and slaves were treated as brothers and sisters. In those days, all roads led to Rome. And it wasn't long before Christianity spread on those Roman roads to all parts of the empire. And it's really interesting, really interesting to see the word choices that historians use who study these things. Here's one example. See, if any of these words look familiar? This one says, repeatedly, like a great earthquake, Christianity has sent reverberations across the world. Across the world. In our last teaching series, the one that we did um, before this one, uh, we looked at a historian and a book that he had written. His name is Bart Ehrman, or Ehrman. And here's a person who says, you know, as a historian, I can't believe that a resurrection is possible. I just can't. So I'm just going to have to rule that out. But what he couldn't deny was how dramatically, how dramatically the people who said yes to following Jesus changed the world. This is probably one of the most underreported things in history is the difference that these people made. It changed everything. Instead of conforming to the patterns of this world, they transformed it. They transformed it. Ehrman closes his book with these words. He says, Christianity not only took over an empire, it radically altered the lives of those living in it. It was the most monumental cultural transformation our world has ever seen. Throughout history, we can point to one example after another of the difference a yes can make. Most of you, you've heard of, an, of a woman named Rosa Parks. Most of you have heard of her. Rosa took a stand for racial justice by sitting down and occupying a space where she hadn't been welcomed. She became an icon for a movement, a movement that was rooted. A lot of times we don't stop to think about this. It was rooted in values that Jesus modeled and he taught. And historians like Ehrman, they've documented this. They said the world before Jesus, if we were to come up with one word to, care to categorize it, it was dominance, dominance. It's what you did. If you had power, you used it. And everyone accepted that. Not everyone, but most people just accepted that. Well, in spaces where the Christian movement subverted dominance with love, then you'd see injustice and it would be exposed. It'd be exposed. This is not what it means to be human. The Jesus movement was foundational to concepts like all of us are created equal. It's essential to that. The Jesus movement also taught us that we're one body with many parts. And every one of us, every one of us is fearfully, wonderfully made. Every one of us is created in Christ to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Everybody. And if we all come together, it's amazing what we can do. There's a movie where they demonstrate this pretty well. Anyone seen the movie Dunkirk? It's a World War II movie. Well, the movie's based on a real-life event. And maybe this will get somebody to watch it. Harry Styles, isn't it? He plays, woo woo, he uh, he plays one of the soldiers. And so Harry is trapped. Maybe that'll get some of you to listen. Harry is trapped. And he's trapped on this small stretch of beach on the coast of France. And they are surrounded. They're surrounded by Nazis who are absolutely going to annihilate them. And this is a huge problem because they can't get off the beach. The water's too shallow for the British Royal Navy to bring in enough big ships to get them off. So here are hundreds of thousands of men, one of them being played by Harry Styles, trapped on this beach with what looks like no hope. Who's going to save Harry and his soldier friends? Well, there were people that heard about this on the other side of the English Channel. And what did they do? They took what they had, whatever kind of boat they could find, fishing boats, boats to just tool around in. And this armada unlike the world had ever seen, this ragtag armada, goes across the English Channel and starts picking up these soldiers a few people at a time. They said yes and saved 338,000 people. Let me give you one more real-life example. Right around the time that people were saying yes to saving Harry and his soldier friends, a little Mexican boy named Jesus Name Jesús was um, saying yes to Jesus in Mexico. He didn't feel worthy to be born with the name Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus, so he changed his name to Josué, Josué, which means "The Lord saves." Josué grew up without a dad. He grew up extremely poor. Well, when Josué grew older, he joined a different army. He joined the Salvation Army in Mexico. And as he went around talking about Jesus, It touched his heart because he said, I got to do more than just talk about Jesus with my words. I got to do something to help these people in practical ways, especially these kids. And so he started helping kids on a little hill in Juarez, Mexico, and that became Emmanuel Children's Home, the place that so many of us have gone and have been touched as we try to help others in Jesus' name. He said yes, and look what happened. As a church, from the beginning, we've recognized the importance of saying yes, of saying, Jesus, in light of what you've done, how can I not say yes to you? But what we haven't had for the last 15 years is how do we mark that milestone? And and we've never really had a way to do that until now. There were some people who said yes to helping us Find a way to make that visual. And what we're going to do is this Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we're revealing this at the community center. Probably while you're watching this right now, people are walking in and they're seeing these massive panels with all of these names of people who said yes and and some description of that and when it happened. Um, Because you're there and not at the community center right now, we want to give you a visual, at least a little bit of what this looks like. Here's a video that's got that. Some of the people who said yes to helping with that project are actually here in this room with us, a few of them. For those of you who helped out with the project, would you just stand up and can we give our appreciation to them? Some of the ones, come on, Scott, stand up. This is, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, this is going to be fantastic. What, what we're doing with this is you can see these names and there's a little bit of their story and when this happened. We're creating this piece of art and it's going to hang on the wall in the hallway there up here. It's a way for us to say, I'm making a public declaration of my faith. I I trust Jesus. I believe in him. I've said yes. And if your name is already, some of you, if you're watching and you saw your name on there, one of the things that we did is they actually made a, a duplicate. And so if you were one of the people that had their name up there, know that there's one of these that has your name on it. It's right now at the community center waiting for you. Um, if you're not able to stop by uh, this week, just drop by anytime We'll have those at the, the welcome desk. And if you're not able to come for whatever reason, let us know. Once you reach out to us, go to next. Use the online connection card. Let us know that, hey, I said yes, I'd love to get my little tile. We'll make sure that we find a way to get get that to you. And if your name isn't on the display yet, and you've said yes, you're part of the Emanuel family, and you'd like to be a part of that, you'd like to say, yeah, I want to make this public declaration of my faith, Um For those of you who are here right now, after the service, you can talk to to Scott. He's going to be right out there in the lobby. Anytime you drop by the community center on a Sunday, drop by the welcome table, we'll find out how we can get you connected with that. Or for those of you who are online, just go to next. Go to that connection card and say, yeah, um, I would love to mark this milestone. And so give me more information about that. One of the things that hits so many of us as we we look at these, these names is the diverse spaces and places and circumstances where Jesus meets people. He's everywhere. In fact, one of the things that he said is, he says, it's better that I go because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And through all of you, we're going to be able to do things that we can't do when I'm just here one person, one place, one time. And so he's out there. He's everywhere. And you look at these, these tiles, and it's everything from alone in the room with a parent, a grandparent, a spouse, a friend. It happens in churches, at camps, mission trips, at an event, at a baptism, at a confirmation. It happened with one guy hitchhiking home over Christmas spaghetti. I definitely got to hear that story. In a blue SUV, in the midst of a tragedy, in a hospital, in a prison, on their wedding day, upon hearing a heartbeat, a starry night. One person put Sesame Street, Sesame Street, The movement that Jesus launched, it is still very much alive. Can I get an amen to that? Still very much alive. And so I invite you to write this down. We said yes, and look what's happening. Look what's happening in in our lives as God is in our midst, changing us every week now. Every week I'm hearing stories. I'm hearing stories of how people are being touched, how people are being transformed. We're able to have Bible-based conversations about really difficult topics. We are shattering false dichotomies that you got to choose between grace or truth, between righteousness or relevance, between big church quality or small church feel. We're caring for widows. We're caring for orphans and refugees. And as we're doing that, we're doing our best to partner with instead of do for. We're doing our best to empower rather than enable. We're in the process of launching a new bilingual service, building a network of churches who are committed to reaching young people together and speaking to young people. Take a close look at that display when you get a chance. And look how many young people are saying yes. Look what God's doing. Look how he's working through the kids' ministry, especially look what he's doing through these camps and retreats. People are saying yes to Jesus. And together, look what's happening. So that brings me to my final question. And it's a question for you, question for you. What's your next yes? Maybe you've been here for our after, for our, um, after yes series and you've already identified a next step, you know, towards the next milestone. Maybe that's you, take the next step. Maybe it's something else, maybe it's something very specific. I need to say I'm sorry, or I need to say I forgive you. Maybe it's something very specific. Or maybe, just maybe, this Easter Sunday is the day that you say yes to the good news of Easter, to being born again, to becoming a Christian, yes to adoption into the family of God, yes to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, yes to receiving Christ as Savior and Lord, yes to shaking up the world again. Kids, Miss Becca told you how you can say yes for the rest of us, anyone fourth grade, all the way up. If you want to say yes to Jesus, you can do it right here, right now. And I can't think of a better way than with this next song. Here's how the next song opens. The cross is my beginning. It's a line drawn in the sand. The end of all my striving. Now I am born again. If you can pray those lyrics with us, We would be honored to count you among those of us who said yes. Just reach out to us. Let us know. Let me pray and then sing this song. Let's actually pray this song. Let's declare this song together. Heavenly Father, thank you for extending this invitation, this invitation to become part of your forever family, as it says on those kids' crosses. Thank you, God, that you didn't just put that promise out there, but you sealed it in the most remarkable of ways. God, you stepped into our world, You became one of us. You experienced what it's like to feel pain, to feel betrayal, to see joy and hope in people's faces. And then, God, you showed that all this is possible because on a timeline in history, in a specific place, we stepped out of a grave as a sign of what's to come. So, Father, we pray that we could put our trust in you. We pray that those who aren't ready to take that step would be at least willing to journey with us as we try to become more like you and share more about who you are those around us. God, thank you for Easter. Help us to celebrate it right now through this song. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.